Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. I'm dead to who I used to be. That may sound strange, but that's actually what the gospel tells us, that we're dead to who we used to be. Just a few weeks ago, when the weather was still incredibly warm, we had baptism out at the lake. And baptism is just this beautiful image. In baptism, we die to self, we come alive in Christ, and it's just... I don't know. It's just such a beautiful picture of our spiritual reality yeah. and all the punishment that we deserve for our sin is taken care of in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And when we come up out of the water, we're just new, you know, the shackles of sin fall off and we are no longer slaves to sin, but we still have selfish desires. We're still enticed by the things of the world that promise to make us feel better, even if just for a moment. And we still hear the lies of Satan that he speaks over our hearts. So can I get real with you for just a minute here? Sure. I've been under just an unusual amount of stress the last few weeks. You want to take the couch for a sec? (laughs) (laughs) I will. Let me just, I'm just getting honest with you. All right. So really stressful. And some of the stress has been good things like our daughter's getting married. That's super exciting, but you know, it comes with some stress, right? Mm -hmm. And some of it's been bad and hard and some of it's, you know, neither good nor bad, just stress. But it's been exhausting. We had Shonda Pierce on the show, I don't know, sometime over the summer and she used this acronym HALT. She said, don't ever let yourself get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I was like, wow, that's really good. Because when we are hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, we're just way more probably apt to give in to temptation. So this is real. And I've been feeling it this last week or so. And I realized that I just had a lot of prideful thoughts telling me that I was entitled to have what I wanted. <laughs> you know, just that that internal message of you deserve it. Go ahead. Treat yourself. Hmm. You've been working so hard. And Dan and I are saving up for our our daughter's wedding and agreed not to make any, you know, other, any fluff purchases. I'll put it that way. Unnecessary purchases. And I was so tempted to buy myself something nice and to spend money that we agreed not to because, quote, I deserved it. So a fluff expense would be like... A Lamborghini. That would be a fluff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. A new pair of shoes. You know, something like unnecessary that you don't need that just like, oh, you know, it came across that and that'd be nice. kind of Impulse. Impulse buying for sure. And it may sound totally trivial, but I knew, I knew when that voice started to tell me that I was entitled, that I was in a spiritual battle. (laughs) Shauna, are you going to treat yourself? Are you going to trust that God can bring you the rest and the peace that you long for. Because Lord knows that purchase ain't going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, that purchase is, is not going to be your Lord and Savior. No, no. And so why? You know, why is it so stinking enticing? Like, why are we... And, you know, for me, it's this. It's For you, it's probably something different entirely. And maybe you don't relate to this. But if you personalize it, what is the thing that you trust in when we should be trusting in God? Mm. Even just little, silly, stupid little things that we just lean on instead of saying, you know, it's like you're at a fork in the road and you can choose, right? Are you going to choose this little trivial thing? Or are you going to choose to trust God? Yeah. What are the things? Not the yeah. thing for yeah. me. It's, <laughs> right. There are so many things I can trust and try to draw 
identity from and draw purpose from and, and draw some kind of life and satisfaction from. And they're all ripoffs. Yeah. They're all ripoffs. I've been ripped off many times. So if we're tempted before we know Jesus to sin and we're tempted after we know Jesus to sin, what's the difference? We were talking about baptism, right? And we come up brand new. So what's new if I'm still feeling enticed by sin? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I think, I think the critical part of this verse is the, and I no longer live, but Christ, Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. We are now in Christ. That's our reality. Mm -hmm. Here's, here's some scripture to support that. Were you going to say something? Well, just a, a great image is imagine you're you're taken by a helicopter out into the middle of the ocean and the ocean is the infinite love and mercy of Jesus and you're dropped into that. To me that's just a, a beautiful picture of being immersed, baptized, plunged into Christ. That's what I want. Just Lord, plunge me into the ocean, the infinite ocean that is Christ. Yeah, with no return. Colossians 3, 3 says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I'm not my own. I belong to God. I'm no longer central. Jesus is central. First John 4, 13 says, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. So when we want, when what we want or what we think is going to satisfy us for a moment or whatever collides with what Jesus would do if he were you. We actually have the power to do what Jesus would do because his spirit is in you. Mm-hmm. Romans eight eleven says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. You know, Paul talks a lot about, and, and these are Paul's words here from Romans, but ta- Paul talks a lot, well, when he prays in his letters, he prays, he often will say, may the eyes of your heart be opened to this truth yeah. that I'm sharing with you. Yeah, And this is one of those things where, Lord, may the eyes of our heart be open to the reality that the Spirit of Christ is in me. Help me to see that, to recognize that, to to almost taste it and touch it and feel it and smell it. Yeah, because when we get it, we realize that we are empowered to do what Jesus would do if he were me by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead after he died. I mean, that's incredible. Philippians 4, 1, I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. It's not about me. It's not about willpower. It's not about performance. It's not about, you know, ah, it's just not about me at all. It's about God in me mm-hmm. making it possible. And yet it's still be, well, it's God in me. It's behind everything. But then, you know, behind God in me is is then a choice and the, mm-hmm. a decision. But but it's that power behind the choice and the decision. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Because we still do have the sinful desires. We're still tempted to sin against God, and it actually looks and sounds good to us. That's why it's tempting, or it wouldn't be called temptation, right? It's not like the enemy comes at us with this something gross and nasty, and we go, "Oh, I really want that." You know, it looks good to us. But we're no longer slaves to those desires because the Holy Spirit of God is living in us, Mm. empowering us, empowering you 
to look those temptations dead in the eye and say, no, I choose Jesus. Well, here's what I think, as if you want to know what I think. (laughs) But I think Eugene Peterson crushed it when he translated Galatians 2.20. So you can make up your mind. Here it is. Eugene Peterson's translation. Galatians 2.20. I tried Paul's words. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman a rules guy, so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And what grabs me is that at the very end, Jesus gave himself for me when I was at my worst. And so I realize I don't have to please God. That's what the cross is all about. We can't please God. We have this poison in us. It's sin, and it keeps us from fully living into the life we were created to live. And so we fall short of God's standard, and it is impossible to please God according to his standard, which is flawless perfection. So I suppose if you can be flawlessly perfect, then go ahead and you can please God, but no one can do it that way. And that's why... The cross is so beautiful. Jesus gave himself for me to do for me what I could not and cannot ever do for myself. And he keeps doing that. He keeps doing what we can't do for ourselves. Yep. You know, we feel like we're at the end of our rope and we're like, I think I've given all I can. Mm -hmm. We don't just die there. We're not just left there. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, you know, he takes us by the hand and he walks us into what's next and says, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. I know you can't get there. I know you can't do it, but I got you. Yeah. And maybe right now it seems like, it feels like you're treading water with alligators. Okay? Not fun. Not fun at all. Jesus Christ, we need your mercy. We need your grace. We need your help. We're in over our heads. But thank you that you live in us. I met this guy named Yasser back in 2017 in Thailand, and my friend Yasser grew up in an extremist Islamic family in northern Sudan. He was taught to hate Christians, to hurt them, even to kill them. One day, Zechariah, a follower of Jesus, started coming to his high school. Yasser, a classmate, harassed him, spit on him, slapped him in the face, but Zechariah did not return that kind of abuse. Finally, one night, Yasser beat Zechariah and left him for dead. And though Zechariah didn't die, he never returned to Yasser's high school. Then Yasser's cousin became deathly ill and he fell into a coma. The doctor said he had no chance 
So Yasser would come to the hospital in the evenings and just sit with him. And one evening, some Christians came and asked Yasser if they could pray for his cousin. And he did not want these Christians in the room, but he reluctantly agreed. And when they prayed, his cousin immediately came out of his coma, started pulling the, you know, the tubes out of his arms and was healed. That's when Yasser gave his life over to Jesus. And that night, the old Yasser died, and the new Yasser, whom I met, was born. This is what Paul, I think, I'm sure, is getting at in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I don't live any longer, but Christ lives in me. Now I live my life in my body by faith, by trusting in the Son of God. He loved me and gave himself for me. I mean, Paul's story is so amazing. Mm -hmm. When Paul crashed into Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was a a zealous hater of Christians trying to stamp out the, the new movement. But when he crashed into Jesus on the road, he died to being a hater of Jesus' followers. He was recreated. He ended up bringing the gospel, which he once persecuted, (laughs) to the entire Roman world. I mean, like we say, you can't make this stuff up. And if you belong to Christ, your story is no less dramatic. Galatians 2.20 shows just how dramatic your story and mine is. Paul's testimony is ours. We are dead to who we used to be. We are alive to who we were created to be. And we are loved like we long to be. Want to jump into those? Yeah. First, we're dead to who we used to be. We used to be people who worked hard to earn God's favor. That's the normal way of the human heart. Working hard to get the verdict that we're okay. And we used to try to get the world to revolve around us. It's all about me. May life revolve around me. Amen. But we're dead to that. Right. We're dead to that, too. And it's not just that, you know, life is now not about me. Life is about other people and other things. It's like, no, life is now about Jesus. Mm. Jesus is central. It's not even a shift from selfish focus to other focus. It's a shift to Jesus focus. Mm -hmm. Which makes us others focus. But you're right. It's first Jesus. Mm -hmm. And now we're alive to who we were created to be. You know, we've forgotten who we are. We're image bearers of God. But now we're alive to that. We realize, first of all, we can never earn God's favor. And we can never get the verdict that we're okay by anything that we do. Jesus earned God's favor for us by living out a flawless human life that we could never live by dying the death we deserve. He took our place. He took the rap. He took the judgment. He took the sword. He took the spear for us because of our sins. And he rose again to bring us into the Father's embrace. The gospel is spelled Mm D-O-N-E. It's trusting in what Jesus has done. We were created to be loved unconditionally by God and to love as we have been loved. I wonder what it looks like for me and you to love the way we've been loved today. And this is now how we can live. We can love as we've been loved because the Spirit of Christ Jesus lives in us. 
the Spirit who reminds us that we're loved apart from earning it, and the Spirit who gives us the power to love in the same way that we have been loved. If I have ever loved in my life, it's because of the Spirit of Jesus working through me. Just this morning on my drive-in to work, I was listening to an audio devotional and was challenged to just ask God the question, like, who's in need of a gift of God, a, a touch from God this morning, and how can I be that expression into their life? Mm. You know, very specifically, people that I know of and am aware of that are in need of a certain thing from God, and how can I, as his image bearer, be the bringer of that today? I mean, I think that's part of that, right? Part of the, you know, being loved unconditionally and then loving other people conditionally is is I've received you know, so I can step into the lives of other people and be an extension of God's love to them. Yeah. And that's a spirit. That's a Holy Spirit inspired prayer and longing in your heart, mm-hmm. which just shows that Jesus Christ has changed you. You're not who you were. You're somebody new. And, you know, that the gospel produces in us this desire to build people up. And finally, we are loved like we always long to be. I don't know about you, but Jesus loved me when I was still a a horrible sinner, when there were such horrible things in my heart. He loved me when I was at my worst. That's when he came to me. He didn't decide to show up when I got all cleaned up, but he came to me when I was dirty and ugly. That's how he found me, and he embraced me. You know, anybody who loves me like that has my allegiance forever, for the rest of my days. I'll go anywhere. I'm not saying I'm going to struggle with, you know, the decision about just whatever, but I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll surrender anything. I'll give up anything for someone who loves me like that. And there's only one who's loved me like that and who loves me and you like that. It's Jesus. And so Galatians 2.20 tells us, that we are dead to who we used to be. Second, that we are alive to who we were created to be. And third, that we are loved like we long to be. And if you can think of anything better than that, you're going to have to tell me because I can't. I have been crucified with Christ. I don't live any longer, but Christ lives in me. Now I live my life in my body by faith in the Son of God. He loved me. He gave himself for me. Jesus, you have my heart forever. I'm dead to who I used to be. That may sound strange, but that's actually what the gospel tells us, that we're dead to who we used to be. Just a few weeks ago, when the weather was still incredibly warm, we had baptism out at the lake. And baptism is just this beautiful image in baptism we die to self we come alive in christ and it's just i don't know it's just such a beautiful picture of our spiritual reality and all the punishment that we deserve for our sin is taken care of in the life death and resurrection of jesus and when we come up out of the water we're just new you know the shackles of sin fall off and we are no longer slaves to sin but we still have selfish desires We're still enticed by the things of the world that promise to make us feel better, even if just for a moment. And we still hear the lies of Satan that he speaks over our hearts. 
So can I get real with you for just a minute here? Sure. I've been under just an unusual amount of stress the last few weeks. You want to take the couch for a sec? (laughs) (laughs) I will. Let me just, I'm just getting honest with you. All right. So really stressful. And some of the stress has been good things like our daughter's getting married. That's super exciting, but you know, it comes with some stress, right? Mm -hmm. And some of it's been bad and hard and some of it's, you know, neither good nor bad, just stress. But it's been exhausting. We had Shonda Pierce on the show, I don't know, sometime over the summer, and she used this acronym HALT. She said, don't ever let yourself get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I was like, wow, that's really good. Because when we are hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, we're just way more probably apt to give in to temptation. So this is real, and I've been feeling it this last week or so, and I realized that I just had a lot of prideful thoughts telling me that I was entitled to have what I wanted. <laughs> you know, just that that internal message of, you deserve it, go ahead, treat yourself. Hmm. You've been working so hard, and Dan and I are saving up for our daughter's wedding and agreed not to make any, you know, other, any fluff purchases, I'll put it that way, unnecessary purchases. And I was so tempted to buy myself something nice and to spend money that we agreed not to because, quote, I deserved it. So a fluff expense would be like a Lamborghini. <laughs> that would be a fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A new pair of shoes, you know, something like unnecessary that you don't need. That just like, oh, you know, it came across that and that'd be nice. Kind of Impulse. Thing. Impulse buying for sure. And it may sound totally trivial, but I knew, I knew when that voice started to tell me that I was entitled, that I was in a spiritual battle. <laughs> Shauna, are you going to treat yourself? Or are you going to trust that God can bring you the rest and the peace that you long for? Because Lord knows that purchase ain't going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, that purchase is is not going to be your Lord and Savior. No, no. And so why? You know, why is it so stinking enticing? Like, why are we? And, you know, for me, it's this. It's for you. It's probably something different entirely. And maybe you don't relate to this. But if you personalize it, what is the thing that you trust in when we should be trusting in God? Mm. Even just little, silly, stupid little things that we just lean on instead of saying, you know, it's like you're at a fork in the road and you can choose, right? Are you going to choose this little trivial thing? Or are you going to choose to trust God? Yeah. What are the things? Not the yeah. thing for yeah. me. It's, <laughs> right. there are so many things I can trust and try to draw identity from and draw purpose from and, and draw some kind of life and satisfaction from. And they're all ripoffs. Yeah. They're all ripoffs. I've been ripped off many times. So if we're tempted before we know Jesus to sin and we're tempted after we know Jesus to sin, what's the difference? We were talking about baptism, right? And we come up brand new. So what's new if I'm still feeling enticed by sin? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I think... I think the critical part of this verse is the, and I no longer live, but Christ, Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. We are now in Christ. That's our reality. Mm -hmm. Here's, here's some scripture to support that. Were you going to say something? Well, just a a great image is imagine you're, you're taken by a helicopter out into the middle of the ocean and 
the ocean is the infinite love and mercy of Jesus, and you're dropped into that. To me, that's just a, a beautiful picture of being immersed, baptized, plunged into Christ. That's what I want. Just, Lord, plunge me into the ocean, the infinite ocean that is Christ. Yeah, with no return. Colossians 3, 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I'm not my own. I belong to God. I'm no longer central. Jesus is central. First John 4, 13 says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he's given us his spirit. So when we want, when what we want or what we think is going to satisfy us for a moment or whatever collides with what Jesus would do if he were you, we actually have the power to do what Jesus would do because his spirit is in you. Mm-hmm. Romans eight eleven says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. You know, Paul talks a lot about, and, and these are Paul's words here from Romans, but ta- Paul talks a lot, well, when he prays in his letters, he prays, he often will say, may the eyes of your heart be opened to this truth yeah. that I'm sharing with you. Yeah, And this is one of those things where, Lord, may the eyes of our heart be open to the reality that the Spirit of Christ is in me. Help me to see that, to recognize that, to to almost taste it and touch it and feel it and smell it. Yeah, because when we get it, we realize that we are empowered to do what Jesus would do if he were me by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead after he died. I mean, that's incredible. Philippians 4, 1, I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. It's not about me. It's not about willpower. It's not about performance. It's not about, you know, ah, it's just not about me at all. It's about God in me mm-hmm. making it possible. And yet it's still be, well, it's God in me. It's behind everything. But then, you know, behind God in me is is then a choice and the mm-hmm. a decision. But but it's that power behind the choice and the decision. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Because we still do have the sinful desires. We're still tempted to sin against God, and it actually looks and sounds good to us. That's why it's tempting, or it wouldn't be called temptation, right? It's not like the enemy comes at us with this something gross and nasty, and we go, "Oh, I really want that." You know, it looks good to us. But we're no longer slaves to those desires because the Holy Spirit of God is living in us, Mm. empowering us, empowering you to look those temptations dead in the eye and say, no, I choose Jesus. I don't know about you, but I just love some of the passages in the message translation from Eugene Peterson, they just really bring to life some of the passages in the Bible, like Galatians 2.20. It's just really thick. And this is how Eugene Peterson translates Galatians 2.20. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman, a rules man, so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It 
is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. I'm no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going back on that. And what stands out to me here is I'm not trying to to get the approval of people to feel good about myself. I'm not trying to get the approval of even God to feel good about myself by the things that I do. I want God's approval, but getting God's approval is through faith in what his son has done. So it takes away my ego. It takes away my boasting. My identity has been received, not achieved. Yeah. And so my ego has been tossed aside to get my identity from Christ. Yeah, I love the I love how he phrased in the center of the verse there, my ego is no longer central. Mm-hmm. Because that is life without Jesus. It's it's you know all about me, my selfish desires, having people behave the way that I want them to, having my circumstances line up the way that they want them to, the way that I want them to. And this surrendering to the life of Jesus and and him living inside of us is saying, okay. Every time I'm faced with a decision and it's my desires versus what God would have me do. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to, by the power of God living in me, I'm going to do the thing that Jesus wants me to do here. Mm -hmm. And do it in humility. I think that where we can really see ego getting in the way is in politics, both on the right and the left. The right will say, we have the moral high ground And so we're better than you on the left. Mm -hmm. Okay, we hear that a lot. However, we also hear it on the the left. The left is, you know, we're really open-minded and we're compassionate. We're not like right-winged bigots. We're better than you. And that's why politics is not the answer to the human heart. It's the gospel because the gospel humbles us. We realize um, that's sinful that Jesus had to come and die. So there's no grounds on which I can think I'm better than someone else. And yet I'm that valued that Jesus died for me. (laughs) The gospel changes the human heart. Galatians 2.20. Check it out in the message or any other translation. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He's the glory of my life. He's the one I boast in. The life I live in this body today, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930. 